If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, observing the return of wonder and curiosity. Curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience for young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Do you love nature-based children's books? Well, you are going to love my new freebie. It is a compilation of many of my favorite children's books put into a library PDF where it is sectioned off into the four types of gardens. Children's books are a wonderful place to find inspiration for any lesson. I invite you to explore my nature-based children's book library and get seeds of inspiration for outdoor learning. So you can choose one or more books to complement your existing curriculum or simply scan all the nature-based books in the library for inspiration. The choice is yours. Go check it out at www.outdoor-classrooms.com and you will see it on the homepage. Hello, today we have Annie Barris here today for an Outdoor Classrooms tour and talk. Annie comes into nature-based childcare both by by passion and professional training. A Stillwater native, she earned a BS in early childhood education and child services from Montana State University in Bozeman. It was there that she also developed her love for nature-based learning. During her undergrad years and beyond, Annie has gained valuable experience and knowledge in a variety of early childhood programs such as Dodge Nature Preschool, camps, and nanny settings. Recently, she received her nature-based teaching certification from Eastern Region Association of Forest and Nature Schools. Without further ado, Annie Perez. Hello, everybody. We are here with Annie Barris, and she is an incredible nature-based educator who has a wonderful story. So again, this is an outdoor classrooms tour and talk. And for those that are a part of our circle membership, uh, get to see the amazing pictures that she has brought us. And she will, uh, and obviously those that are listening to the podcast will be able to hear her amazing stories. So welcome, Annie. Thank you so much for having me today. My name is Annie. It's nice to meet all of you. Um, a little bit about myself. I live in Stillwater, Minnesota with my husband and my son, Bo, who you see in the picture. And he's four years old and my dog, Bean. I received my degree in early childhood education and child services from Montana State, and that's really where I developed my passion for nature-based learning. I came out of college, and I wasn't sure. I knew I wanted to work with children, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And of course, I started out when the, with the traditional setting, uh, the preschool, in the preschool, and I just wasn't feeling it. 
it wasn't me. Um, I really questioned everything. And that's when I really started looking down this uh, road of nature-based learning. And I fell in love with it. I started asking the same questions to hundreds of different people and really came to found Kind Roots Early Learning and Care. That's fantastic. Well, welcome. We uh, have lots of stories. I can't wait to dig in. So over time, you've created this incredible school. And can you share your mission? Yes, I knew I wanted to be outside all day. And I knew... (laughs) working in other nature-based settings that these children are resilient and they can do that and they need it. So our mission is to provide an early childhood learning environment that gives children an opportunity to develop a lifelong rewarding relationship with the natural world while meeting each child's developmentally appropriate needs. I believe that I got everything in that statement that that says who we are. And it really is in the name as well. I, I It's a really long name, but I wanted early learning uh, in there and I wanted care in there. And that really, we're really about caring for the children and number one, and then being outside, number two. That's great. So this program is coming from your home. You're working, it's a, it's a home-based uh, program. Is that right? Yes, we run under a family child care license here in Minnesota. Uh, It was really hard for me at first to actually come to the point in my life where I said I was going to do it out of my home. I didn't want to. I wanted to find the land. I wanted to find the park. I wanted to find all. I didn't believe that you could do this in your backyard, basically. And that's what I want to get out there today is that you can. You can do it in your backyard. And it doesn't matter. You don't need hundreds of acres, even though that would be beautiful too, right? Through these pictures that you'll see, I want to inspire all of you just to walk outside. And it's all there for you. So you've created a ped- pedagogy on the way, along the way, along this journey of yours, which is so exciting. Uh, what is that? What is your? What is it that you believe in your ped- pedagogy? I believe that children learn best through free play and a child-led curriculum, which is the emergent curriculum. Through my research, I've learned that a child is not really truly learning in their play until about, it's actually like based on time. So it takes a child around 45 minutes to actually be engaged fully into their play. What's really cool that I'm seeing now after being with a year with the children, the group that I have now is that the children can be engrossed in their play in about 15 minutes around here because I give them the two and a half hour time to in for our rhythm of our day that they get to do whatever they want. They get to play. And now they're really, really learning. So much fun. So this is my, these are my favorite pictures because I love before and after and seeing the actual process of evolving your space into an outdoor classroom and a school. So uh, we're looking at, can you explain some of the pictures we're looking at? Yes, of course. So like I said, I was really nervous about doing it in my home. And then once I uh, accepted that fact and really wanted to go 100% um, and push for it, I decided to start planning, you know, making the scribbles and the notebook and getting that Pinterest board made. (laughs) <laughs> this is so this is right outside uh my outdoor basement door so the children either arrive through the gate outside or in the winter they'll come through the house and then they walk downstairs and then they come outside and this is where 
this is what they'll see is this cement um, patio. And then if you move forward, one picture. Oh, and there it is. And there's the door where they come through. So this is, again, at uh, the beginning stages. I knew I wanted tables that would last outside because, like I said, I want it to be 90% outside. I want to eat outside. I want to play outside. I want to learn outside. So I really found items that I knew could last through those Minnesota winters as well. And I can share a little bit about that as well on the next slide. Yes, here they are. So these are from a Amish Furniture Company, um, and they're amazing. Uh, the the you, tables that we're looking at. Yep, the children's uh, children's tables made out of the um, better materials that will last through that winter. I just say that was just so important. I also picked, I wanted a circle um, so that when we're eating, we're all looking at each other and we're having those conversations that, that which we call table talk during mm-hmm. Meals, we talk about the colors of the foods and how they help our bodies. Yeah, so great. Okay. And, they're all- and then the other table that you see the food on, it's a little hand washing table. It's actually, if you Google mud kitchen, you'll find that. Um, and it's just right at their level. And it's great because it has hand washing on one side, and then you're able to place the other items that the children need on the other side. And then we really encourage the children to pick up their items by self just to encourage that independency. And then the last picture on the bottom, you see us all eating together, together, <laughs> together. That's what I wanted for this community. I love how you've used crates as the seats for the tables. I think that's just sweet. It's very lovely. So hooks, you're telling us all about hooks. Everybody needs funny. hooks. <laughs> but I I sent my my builder this picture on the top. I said I need to go here where we can hang backpacks up. Also in the fall we hang our coats up and all those other items that you need as far as clothing goes. And then lastly, once the children so we do provide all the gear here, I should say that. So on the last picture you'll see all ten uh rain suits hanging up. We go out we play in them and then we hang them out outside and then we'll go in for nap. So fun. They're so cute. What a great idea. Hooks is right. You need the hooks. And how do parents feel about you providing all the, all the gear and so you don't have to worry about. They love it. They don't have to every night go through this wet, disgusting gear and get it ready for the next day. We do all that. Yeah. That's what a treat. And also we provide gear that we know lasts through really tough weather and keeps the children warm. And that's how they're able to last outside Outside for longer. Yeah. Your Minnesota is quite cold. So tell us you have another evolution area. I love looking, really walking through your outdoor space. This is your sand area that we're looking at for those that are listening. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the evolution of this space. Well, there was bushes over there and I um, wanted a sand area. So, and then with the sand area, I wanted a mud kitchen to go along with it and some little bent, little chairs, I guess you could say, that are logs that uh, surround the sand area. So I wanted the logs for us as teachers to be able to observe their learning and write uh, I, goals and mm-hmm. um, check out those items on our agenda, teacher goals, right? And then I wanted sand 
because I know so many people think it's so messy, but it's really so good for children. And I just, what I say in the slide is that when children play in the sandbox, they are learning. Playing in the sandbox offers numerous benefits for children's development, including sensory exploration, fine motor skills, imagination and creativity, mathematical concepts, problem solving skills, spatial awareness and scientific inquiry. And I see this all the time. I wish I added more pictures of the children playing in there, but really it's so amazing to watch them and what they come up with, either with the trucks or making mud pies. They're so creative. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love also the, the if you took a, take a little closer look at the mud kitchen, there's all the different levels. Uh, I teach a little mud kitchen class and that's what we talk about is the low level, the middle level and the high level so they can reach. You've got them all. It's just fantastic. And I love this. It's uh, it's a slide building community and your uh, group activities, but you have an A-frame structure here, which yes. you must have a handy person that is really helping you with all these builds. Yes, and I'm sure everyone here knows when you're <laughs> providing these nature-based settings. We're still kind of waiting for those bigger materials to come out. I feel like we have to make everything, build it yeah. all our and that's really what it's about too, because then it comes to be our own. But I wanted a building or the A-frame fort, or we call it the fort, and uh, to provide the community of where we meet every morning and go over our daily news. If anyone wants to share anything, um, we have a little good morning song we sing that I love so much. And just listen to the birds. Yeah, it's, it's just really it's cool. huge. I mean, it's, it's huge and it's very open, but it has, it's not necessarily all enclosed. It's, I love it. Yeah. I'm, I I can just imagine being in there now. And these are some more pictures of being on the indoor in different seasons. So I see a little chicken here. Yeah. He, yeah. And she likes to join us during circle time too. So you have chickens as well. Yes, I'll talk about that at the end. Um, One of the reasons I chose that material for the roof as well is because it can bring in heat for winter from the sun. That's just brilliant. It's I mean, you wouldn't think that you were in your backyard. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) I really are transported into another magical space. It's it's neat. Yes, fire. Campfires are very important here at Kind Roots. We teach the children that we that fire provides heat for us, right? When we're cold, and it also helps us make can cook food for us, and um, it's just a really magical experience for the kids to be involved in that. And my theory behind it is that it's not if we provide young children now with the fire safety and talk about it then when it comes up in real life it's not this like woo moment and they don't they're they're not so like prone to go to it they're more just like that's fire and this is how we act around fire right right so really teaching them all of that and it must be such a treat and i am uh open to sharing my safe fire safety protocols if anyone wants to email me uh we really have a wonderful way of how we present it. We first talk about, we first talk about uh, fire with like just a candle and then uh, we read books on it. And then we have, we make fire trolls. Every child has a fire troll and then those are what goes on the log. So that's what keeps them safe. And um, Mm. about the inner circle and the outer circle and uh, talk about the last picture on the bottom is uh, when we stop, drop and roll. Oh yeah. 
God. So we really talk about a lot about fire and fire safety. And these children are only three years old and they probably know fire safety more better than a lot of adults. Because you're teaching them. So also your gardens, you have some gardens that feed, which is so fabulous. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening here and how you use that in your nature-based curriculum? Yes, our gardens are a huge part of our curriculum. And not only do we start early on with the seeds, we talk about how we're going to plant or what we're going to plant, how, yeah, how we're going to plant them, where we're going to plant them. We do that all together as a community. And the children take care of the plants, and then we eat them. We do. <laughs> we eat them. The kids love peas I, I and carrots. Uh, carrots, right now, being so young, they pick them too early. And it's just a really good, we take that as a learning experience to teach them, right? Like, they're not mm-hmm. to wait and patience. Yeah, it's just, it's so fun to have that connection. So what are the other areas in your outdoor spaces? It's just magnificent what you've created and added and provided for these children. Uh, First, I want to say, if you have a fence, utilize it, right? You can hang things on there. And what I have here is a painting easel that I just hung right on the fence. Uh, Also, you can notice that it's vertical. So that really helps children start to define those muscles for handwriting and it's uh, yeah they I, we also really encourage open-ended art here for multiple reasons most of them is that the biggest one I would say is that I really want the children to be proud of themselves and mm. I want them whatever they want to create I want to let them know that they can do that here whatever color mm. you want however you want to do it and I'm really a yes person as far as when it comes to art. And you have this fabulous this, swing. Yeah, I chose this one uh, for multiple reasons. Kind of, I mentioned how big I am on community. It really brings the kids together. They have to work together, right? They don't, it's not like a single use. And that's why I picked this one instead of the single use chair. And it's uh, what I found is that it's also great in the mornings when a child's having a harder time coming in, you know, what we all have those days. I always, it's a, it's like become a thing of mine. Like, do you want to swing? <laughs> well, they say it regulates, it's very, it regulates children and, and, and adults. Anybody who's sw- that swing is very, uh, they use an occupational therapy and it, a very wonderful uh, uh, tool to use for re- re- regulating. So and, and there it, are your chickens. And the chickens. The children, they care for them. They collect their eggs. Uh, and then recently, we we had four chickens. And then one morning, I woke up. And unfortunate, not unfortunately, it's a part of what happens, right? Giving back to nature. But an owl did get three of them. So oh. I decided to take that as a learning experience as well. And we believe here that it's okay to talk about death and give children children permission to they they were allowed they knew it was a safe spot for them to ask whatever questions they had about it and I just always want you know teachers or whoever the children are asking about death to is like just let's do children a favor and normalize the process of grieving and dying and healing at a young age and that way as they get older they will learn not to fear death but rather to live life yeah I love that so well said thank you for that so again, so you're not just staying in your outdoor classroom in your backyard. You looks like you also go exploring into the community park. Yeah, and I wanted to include that in this PowerPoint because 
I think it's important to utilize your community. And I believe that when children know their community and we go to the same parks, we go to the same spots, we go to the same trees, we check in on the same trees. It's really quite, I love it. It's just, it makes my heart smile. And when they develop such feelings for the parks, I am hoping that in the future then that they'll care for their parks. Yeah, I'm nodding my head up and down. Yes, absolutely. And your last slide is let them play. Yeah, and Fred Rogers' quote, who's my favorite, play is often talked about as if it were a relief from serious learning. But for children, play is serious learning. Play is really the work of childhood. It just sounds like an incredible, incredible place. Is there anything that inspires you to keep going? Is it something special that inspires you as an educator? I love, love, love learning about how children work and working with them on growing. And I just, I spend most of my free time reading and all about play and how I can help them learn through their play. And when I should, when I should, when I'm invited in and no one to be invited in, I don't, it's so hard to say, but like, and then when to observe and Mm. I'm really kind of locking down right now. That's where I am in my career is just how to keep helping them play and learn. And any tips and tricks in terms of running a program, a nature-based program out of your house, out of your home? You talked a lot about your resistance to it, but now that you're in the thick of it and and quite successful, obvious looks like, any tips and tricks for others? I love how you were saying, yes, you you can do it in your backyard. Any, any? Yeah, have it. Have the separate areas. I it helps that I still have my home base upstairs, and then downstairs is the preschool. And be flexible. Yeah. And then one last question is: If you were to give any advice or a seed of inspiration to anybody that's listening, what would that be? Say yes and let the children just be children. Say yes. I love that. So simple. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that we might have missed that you would like to share with our community? I want to thank you so much. This has been absolutely incredible. for having me. And I just really appreciate all of us working so hard to get children outside. Yeah. If I feel that one of the reasons why we started the podcast was so we could, we could highlight programs like yours and showcase what we all are doing and have this dialogue and this conversation and really create a movement and be a part of that movement to a coalition of people that can move the mountains and uh, get more kids uh, experiencing exactly what your kids are experiencing. This last picture is just adorable. They're all climbing over a log, not even a log. It's a big tree that's fallen and, and they're just looking happy and joyous. So Thank you for everything that you're doing. It's it I think you've hit the nail on the head and you're just it's exciting and to actually witness your enthusiasm and passion for this work is is a gift to to me and I think probably all of our listeners as well. So thank you. Thank you. Did you know that outdoor classrooms improve children's emotional, intellectual, and behavioral development while helping foster the development of creativity, problem-solving, independence, and confidence? The problem is, 
Overwhelm, fear, and a lack of time can often make achieving any outdoor classroom vision into reality more trouble than it's worth. Did you know that we have a membership community at Outdoor Classrooms? It's the leading training community for educators and parents interested in cultivating outdoor classrooms and creating nature-based curriculum. It's a membership to support, collaborate, educate, and bring like-minded educators together. And it's packed with in-depth, practical training and resources for all aspects of planning, running, and growing a sustainable outdoor classroom, plus the community support you need to ensure your teaching gardens achieve their full potential. 